Welcome, everyone, to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, and it is my honor tonight to welcome our very special guest, who's appeared on The Last House on the Left, The Innkeepers, Shark Knight, Aquamarine, and on and on, Sarah Paxton. Sarah, thank you so much for being here with us. How are you doing tonight? Well, thank you so much for having me. Thanks. I'm really excited. Um, I'm doing I'm doing good. I'm doing well. How are you? We're doing pretty good. Excited for this conversation. Excited for this interview. So let's get right to it. We actually have a okay. lot of questions. Now, right. uh, you know, obviously you know, that the 2009 version of The Last House on the Left was a reboot of 1972's <laughs> Wes Craven's, I believe it was his debut, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. To a very, very successful movie back in the 70s. Sean Cunningham, who directed, who went on to direct Friday the 13th, was also a part of that original production. Were you intimidated going into a reboot of such a cult classic? I was intimidated. Um, I don't know if right off the bat I was intimidated because it was a reboot and such a cult classic but i was just intimidated the material mm. in and of itself you know and i went in for the audition and at the time i was doing a lot of comedy and a lot of sort of teen stuff and um i didn't really think i would get it i just i i liked it a lot and i liked the character and i thought wow what a challenge this would be and i auditioned and i got the part and then once i got it they called me, you know, they're like, you got it. You're, we filmed it in South Africa. They're like, you're flying, you know, in a couple of weeks. I was like, oh, <laughs> can I swear on this? Yes. Podcast? yes. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Okay. This is real. Now I have to contemplate all these big things. This is a reboot. People love this movie. The, you know, subject matter is so heavy. So I was, I was pretty terrified um, going into it. Why South Africa? I don't remember why. Wow. It must have been like a tax thing, but also, I mean, it was just—it was so beautiful. Oh, I can I mean, imagine. I can totally yeah, imagine. Yeah, I mean, even in the movie, you can see like that beautiful lake and like the mountains and the trees. Like we shot like in the middle of a forest, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the role of Marnie on House on the Left, Last House on the Left, it was your first venture into horror, and the way you just described it. What, it sounds like it was just another audition that your agent got for you, or mm -hmm. did you really, uh, at the time, were interested in trying and getting into the horror realm? That's a good question. I don't know if I remember. I don't know. I don't know. I do know that. I don't know if I thought about it beforehand, but I do know that when I got that script, I was like, oh, yes. This is something I'm definitely interested in because I feel like there's not a lot of genres where a woman gets to sort of go balls to the wall like that, uh -huh, you know, and uh -huh. run around and scream and be terrified, covered in blood, like blood curdling scream, crying, really going for it. I, I love also doing comedy and I love, you know, when I did Aquamarine and um, I, all those other movies that I did beforehand. Love them. Have so had so much fun. I still love doing that kind of thing. Also, but um, you know, sometimes I, I get a lot of auditions for like the side girlfriend mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. You know, and and so here was this character where I got to work with these amazing actors. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean that was amazing. Go, go to South Africa and really like go for it and. Um, do something I hadn't done before. So I was definitely attracted to, to doing horror. We're going to talk about your co-stars in a little bit. Uh, okay. Now, when you uh, got that role, had you already seen the original or did you watch it after you got the role? I had not seen it. I, I didn't want it to, um, you're not, I didn't want it to like affect how I was doing anything or give me any sort of, preconceived idea or make me nervous you know totally, like sometimes, I totally understand yeah because it was just an audition and I was like okay I have all the material here I know what I'm supposed to do but when we got to South Africa um 
the director, Dennis Iliadis, had us all sit and watch the original all together because we uh-huh. all kind of had the same idea. We were all like a little too nervous to watch it. So we all kind of watched it as a group. And that was really, well, I, I would say it was really nice. <laughs> I mean, it was, but it was also like, you know, really traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was. Yeah. And, it, you know, as far as reboots go, in a lot of circles, your version is considered the better one. Uh, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel great. I love hearing that. I know that it's such a polarizing movie. I mean, when it came out, I heard, I still, I still hear all kinds of things. People either really love it and appreciate it for what it is, or they're like, oh, I couldn't watch it. I hated it. Mm-hmm. I had to leave the theater. And I understand, you know, I don't like fault people for, for having that kind of reaction. It's a really intense movie, but I think it's just so beautifully shot and, I think that the actors give great performances, and I think it does uh, for a reboot. It kind of it does it justice, so that makes me feel really good hearing that you think that too. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, let's your co-stars, uh, Garrett yeah. Delahunt, who's mm-hmm. now a star on Fear of the Walking Dead, and of course mm-hmm. Aaron Paul. Okay, mm-hmm. my first question is in regards to Aaron Paul. I compared the timelines of House on the Left and when Breaking Bad started, which, of course, Mm -hmm. catapulted Aaron Paul. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you know if he shot that movie before he started filming Breaking Bad? He had shot the pilot. I remember we were on set, and, I mean, it was... I don't exactly remember how the conversation went, but I, I I remember him talking about that his show got picked up, he had done the pilot, and he was going to start shooting it. So I could be wrong, but I remember having that conversation. Wow, so I think yeah. he was about to go off and like start that journey. Little which did is he amazing. know that would be a life changer for him. <laughs> oh my God. And for me, and for so many, like one of the best television shows of all time oh yeah i mean it is yeah yeah. love it and he's just he's so good and i mean what's he like in as working with him with aaron paul (laughs) is he a prankster is he serious what's he like um, on the set he's kind of both i mean you know it's been it's been a while but whenever we needed to be serious he was very we were all very like in the zone and ready and, and professional and totally in the moment. And then we'd go out and like have fun and we'd be like drinking wine and dancing and um, yeah, so he's 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 kind of both. He's like serious when he needs to be and and he was really fun and jokey when, you know, when we didn't need to be um, running he, through the forest covered in blood or whatever. He sounds like one of the perfect colleagues. Now, Garrett Dillahunt, <laughs> We have had uh, guests with him that currently work with him on Fear of the Walking Dead on Mm -hmm. this show. And a lot of people describe Garrett as a big jokester, prankster when the camera's not (laughs) rolling. Was he like that back in 2008, 2009 as well? It's funny because I've actually worked with Garrett, with Garrett, with Garrett quite a few times. We actually, we shot a pilot together three years before Last House on the Left. Uh-huh. Wow. And I recently filmed something with him again. We didn't have any scenes together. Um, but so when we went into this, it was like, oh, hey, it's you. I know you. And I don't remember him being super. I remember him being, he's very funny. He's mm-hmm. like really under the radar funny. You know that person that you're friends with who is kind of quiet and then all of a sudden says something and you're like, what did you just say? And it's like the funniest thing that anybody said all night at the dinner table. Yeah. Like he, yeah. Tim, I remember him being like that guy. Um, but I mostly remember him being so kind and caring. And, you know, we had to like do some really intense physical stuff together in this movie. And he was just like, I mean, he's, he's so tall and like hulking and, and so buff in this movie. <laughs> and he was just like the most gentle, kind person went around to everybody making sure everybody was okay and that's what i remember most is just how how nice he is but i don't remember like pranks specifically but i'm sure i'm sure there were many <laughs> how long did the actual filming take in south south africa we were there for close to 4 months i think wow wow yeah and you so loved we... it you loved it you loved it there oh right? 
I loved it. I mean, we really became like a little family. I know that I feel like I say that a lot for I'm lucky enough to have a lot of projects where I felt that way with mm -hmm. people, but I feel like especially with Last House on the Left, with the subject matter being so intense and every day just having to do such intense things, we really like trusted each other completely. And I don't know if I could have gone to like the dark places that my character had to go to without knowing that those guys had my back uh, the entire time in the scene. And um, yeah, I, we just really hung out every night. You know, I was, I, I was, I was the youngest. I was 19 and I turned 20 and we were in South Africa, but I, I think you can like legally go to bars there at that age. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And so they would, we would go out and, um, you know, explore the town and yeah, I just, I can't say enough good things about that experience and well, my castmates. That's perfect. Cause that leads me directly into my next question. You were young and you had to film a movie that took you to some pretty dark places at the yeah. age of 19, 20, how did you deal with that after a day's work? How did, uh, how did you cope with it? You said a little bit that you went out with them, you hung out with them. Was there, yeah. were there any other coping strategies to not let it personally affect you? Um, I think we would all just kind of decompress together is what I remember. I mean, you know, I, I'm not the kind of person where it, stays with me you know i know that mm -hmm. a lot of actors are they like it it stays with them and they and they get really um worked up about it and uh i i, to I get that um but i just remember on the really tough days we were staying in like these kind of we, we stayed in multiple places but while, while we were doing the forest stuff which is like the most a lot of the really intense stuff the, the rape scene happens and that mm -hmm. stuff we were staying in like these cottages like these like log cabins on this property in the middle of the woods and we each had our own little cabin it was very like snow white and the seven dwarves um like <laughs> idyllic beautiful thing and at the end of a long day we'd be sweating you know covered in blood we'd take a shower we'd get clean and we'd all like meet on the porch in front and just like have a glass of wine and like take a deep breath and just like be like wow that was a day, like, how is everybody? And kind of talk about it. And that helped a lot. Talking about it seems like the best way. And you guys being there for each other, I think that's awesome. I think that's yeah. just, I think that's just awesome. Your character uh, showed a very calm, level-headedness mentality in the movie. How relatable was the, was the character, Marnie, to yourself? Uh, mm in many ways that was there any part of Sarah that you put into that character? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that every character I play is like a little bit me in some way or another, just the circumstances are changed. Mary was a character who I, I kind of saw her as being the level headed one in the situation because her friend Paige played by Martha McIsaac was, she was, freaking out a little more you know she's kind of hyperventilating and and my character it's not talked about a lot but i think in the scene where we're smoking the joint in the motel with mm -hmm. um spencer treat clark we talk about how my brother died yeah and so in my mind my character that death made her have to grow up a little bit faster than her age and so she might be the kind of person who could even though she was terrified like get into like handling it mode, you know what I mean? Like just staying calm, staying, staying alert. I, I'd like to think of myself as that, that I would be that way in that kind of traumatic situation. I've never been in a situation like that, but um, hopefully I would <laughs> keep calm and level-headed and not completely lose my shit. I don't know. Now you just mentioned the, the scene where you do mention the loss of your brother. Do you have any like relatable real life experience to pull out all those emotions and, uh, you know, in the absolute silence of the moment? Uh, is there anywhere in your mind that you go to as an actor to like pull out those emotions when they're needed for a particular scene? Yeah, I, I don't have a real life experience like that. I mean, knock on wood. Yes, um, yes. 
Yeah, I don't have a real life experience like that. I haven't gone through. I've gone. I've I've gone through a loss, but I've you know I've lost like a grandparent, which was very you know very sad and yeah. and I felt that very deeply. But I think it's another thing to suddenly lose a sibling who's close to your age. I don't. I don't even have a sibling. I'm an only child. So, yeah. um, I think it's more about. For me, in those kinds of situations, like really building up, like the imagine, like really building the fake. It, it, you know, it sounds weird to say, but like building that fake relationship in 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 my mind, very so strongly that the feelings of loss can be. Yeah, the reason you know, I asked that question is because we see great actors like yourself and others you. uh, pull out emotions in a movie. Uh, or a TV show, something that they've never experienced in real life. And I was just curious, uh, and listening to the different techniques that different actors use, because you guys, uh, and uh, that scene in particular in the, mo in the motel, it's so authentic, it's so real. And uh, I was just really curious, like what tricks do you use to, to make us as the viewers believe that it is it actually did happen to you and yeah uh, it's all part of the craft right yeah um i'm so curious about that kind of thing too as an you know as an actor i love hearing about what are, what are people's secrets what do they do what techniques do they use i'm i'm interested in about that kind of stuff too uh, last question about the rest of the cast in that movie were you a little also intimidated uh being sort of the youngest one uh <laughs> in the group with all these other experienced actors oh my gosh absolutely i felt i was so nervous and you know I, i'm an only child and um i was 19 and i asked my dad to come with me i, I mean i i've i just had never been that far away for that long alone and i was like please come with me get me set up. Like, I don't know if you'll need to stay, but I, I just need someone there. And then my dad <laughs> comes with me there. And I, what if we're not going to be friends? Like, what if I don't, what if nobody likes me? I don't know. And then we all immediately bonded. And I was like, dad, dad, go. Like, I'm <laughs> okay, get out of here. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> so yeah, I was really, really nervous, but nobody ever made me feel like I was a you know, like a dum dumb or like immature or anything. I mean, I probably was at 19, no, but nobody no. ever made me feel that way. So you, you've been acting from a very young age. Uh, what yeah. made you, was it parental influence? Was it all you that wanted to do this, try it out? How did you get into this? Okay. Well, I started when I was six and I, a lot of it is luck. Um, and, uh, circumstances that are beyond my control, like being an only child. I'm, I'm from LA, you know, I grew up in, in the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles. So, you know, that's another wow, thing. Wow, that's so rare to actually have an like native, uh, <laughs> Los know. Angeles and most people move to LA. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. So, so, you know, that helps, that helps a lot. But basically being an only child, like my whole childhood, I had, I have cousins who I'm very close with, but the day in and day out of my life, like it was just me and both my parents work. My mom's a dentist. My dad runs her practice. So it'd just be me like alone for all day. Mm -hmm. And so I just watched movie after movie after movie. I watched so many movies, so many television shows. I mean, I would, I'd watch a movie and then stick it in the, you know, the, the VHS cassette rewind machine. They had like a separate machine you could buy. It's mm -hmm. so fast yeah. rewind. VH I'd like pop them in there rewind them, watch it again. And so I just loved, I just, I, I just loved it. To me, it was like magic. I was how, like, oh how, my God, this is magic. How did your parents react when you told them, hey, can, I mean, how did you approach them and how did they well, help you to like, at six, obviously you can't do it by yourself. Yeah. How did they help you get into the, to get your first role? Well, we had to negotiate um, <laughs> because I, so I have, I have cousins, we're all like one year apart and we're close. And my aunt owns a children's clothing store in LA here. 
And so when we were little kids, instead of hiring like kid models, she just had the three of us like model the clothes. And so it would just be us like standing in front of a fountain with our hands on our hips, like, and then taking a picture. And this photographer was like, oh, you girls are really cute. Like, here's a card for acting classes. And my older cousin, Jessica, started doing it. And I got pissed. I was so pissed because I was like, wait a minute. I was like, this is real? Like she can, she can go do it and I can't. So I went to go take these acting classes and that was fun. You know, I was really little. So my memory is kind of foggy, but I remember liking it. And then I remember I saw that they were doing a commercial audition for Coca-Cola. And I was like, take me to that audition. Like, I really want to go do a Coca-Cola commercial. And they were like, no, like we're working. We don't have time for this. And I was like, just take me. I was like, I, I bargained with them. I was like, if you take me to this audition and I don't get it, I won't I won't ask you ever again. But if I go and I get it, like, let's just see what happens. I'm like, fine. So then I went and I got the job. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, I want to ask you, and I don't, if you don't want to answer this, this is fine. If it's a sensitive yeah. topic, you mentioned your cousins. One of your cousins was Bill Paxton. Um no, well, we're no, actually. You're we not, are not distant cousins. We were very, very distantly related. Like I've never met him. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, okay. I've I've never met we're like ninth cousins seventh. twice removed. You're seventh. Seventh. <laughs> you looked it up, you saw it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I didn't even know I was related to him. Um I mean, first of all, rest in peace. I huge know. It's he was so I great. Was... It just it it devastating was a, it was like, a kick in the gut when i found when i heard the news same okay. for me like yeah. i am such a fan always have been it was that was that one really i felt that one um my aunt is a genealogist and she made this giant book of our family and that's when i learned that we were, we were related but when i was a little kid i used to lie and say he was my dad <laughs> <laughs> oh wow well, that's a great that's great that's good information to have a lot of people don't know that now let's yeah. move over to one of my favorite movies of yours if not my the my absolute favorite of yours the innkeepers we talked about this a little bit before we went on the air i'm a big fan of the paranormal horror subgenre okay how do mm -hmm. you feel about paranormal you know horror movies is it does it freak you out uh it freaks me out a lot but i but i i love it's my favorite genre of right horror on. i think me yeah, too. like I, that's part of the reason why I wanted to do, do the movie so bad. And I'm, thank you for being a fan. I'm so happy to hear that. Cause again, that's a polarizing movie too. Like some people really don't get it or they don't like it. And I don't, mm -hmm. I don't understand. Cause I love that movie. I love it. <laughs> and so I was like, wow, this is awesome. I get to kind of be like a ghostbuster, yeah. like with the equipment, the headphones and the microphone. And I just thought it was so cool. And I love Ty, you know, big fan. And uh, yeah. So to answer your question, I am a big fan I mean, the first horror movie that I ever saw, ever, was Poltergeist. Uh -huh. And I was a very small child because my parents had no, no rules about whatever movies I watched. I was watching rated R movies when I was like, you know, five. Um, <laughs> Same here. So as a, as a five-year-old watching Poltergeist, this like little tiny blonde girl flies into the, into the closet. I was yeah. like, holy shit. It's scary. This could be, this could be me. <laughs> um, anyway, so... My love for uh, that genre goes back. Um, Does it? Back for far. me, I can personally say I love the paranormal movies because I am somewhat of, I'm not a skeptic. I actually believe it and I know to respect it. And that's what makes it scary for me. In fact, I can say that it's the only horror subgenre that still actually scares me to watch. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I 100% agree. If I'm watching a movie where something could actually happen to mm -hmm. me, I'm not that afraid. But paranormal, oh, I get freaked out. I'm, I'm, I get so scared. I mean, I just rewatched. I guess this isn't really paranormal, but it's, it's still. Uh, is it paranormal? Is Exorcist? Yes. I, I rewatched yes. That. Yes. Yeah. Any kind of demonic possession. Yeah, that's paranormal. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. 
I rewatched The Exorcist. I vowed to never watch it again because I was eight when I watched it the first time. And I was so freaked out. I'm Jewish. My family is Jewish. And I got a rosary. And I slept <laughs> it by my bed every night for years because I was terrified. And finally this year, I was like, you know what? We're going back in. We're, we're doing it. And I was very, very afraid again for several nights. I'll know, tell sleep. you what. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this story. When the movie came out, it's very well known that it affected a lot of people. Uh, a lot of, you know, churches after the movie premiered, they were standing room only. Whether you were Catholic or not, Christian or not, whatever. Churches, uh, synagogues, everywhere. They just were standing room only. Linda Blair, who was the wow. star of the movie, had such a physical reaction when she saw the, the, the finished product. She had to, and then she had to go to the doctor. Uh, it affected oh, her, and she was gosh. the star of the movie, so I can only imagine. Now, how spooked were you uh, while you were living in the Yankee Peddler <laughs> Inn during the shooting of the innkeepers? I'm, in, I'm kind of embarrassed to say that I was very afraid when, <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I got the part. Um, I remember Ty called me, and he was like, Hey, like, so just letting you know, like, we're filming the Yankee Peddler, very haunted, super haunted. You're going to love it. We stayed there before for House of the Devil. It is like ghosts everywhere. And I was like, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> and then I called my agent and I was like, I don't want to stay in that hotel. Can I stay somewhere else? Like a, like a comfort inn? Something not haunted? A Marriott? I don't know. And <laughs> it was so embarrassing. And then Ty had to call me and be like, you need to relax. And I was like, okay. And then I went and, I mean, it was very spooky. It was very weird. Um the whole crew, he works with the same crew, and they had just been there for House of the Devil, so everybody knew, and they mm -hmm. were familiar with the place, and I was like, you know, I was I was the new one, and it is just creepy. It is creepy. It is old as hell, you know, like, everything is weird. It's like a, you walk into this, you've seen the movies, you know, you oh, get yeah. it. It's like a time warp, it and is. weird things would happen. Like my TV would turn on and off at like 3 a.m. So you actually yeah. had some experiences. Everybody had something happen. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, I, maybe that's why it's such a great movie, because you're not completely 100% acting. A lot of that fear <laughs> is genuine. Oh, uh, it was genuine. So yeah. walk me through that clip that we saw in the beginning before we started, mm -hmm. where you're getting out of waking up in the middle of the night you have yeah. sleep in your eye you're rubbing you're rubbing the sleep out of your eye you look to your right and you see a sheet with somebody obviously underneath it the sheet falls down and you see a ghost bride scary as hell how was that sequence shot and what was your reaction while you were shooting it well all my reactions were very real because i was very i feel so bad i, I you know, I feel bad. I can I cannot remember the actress's name for the life of me. But um, she was so sweet and so lovely. But Ty knew that I was afraid of her, so he wouldn't let me see her without her full makeup on, uh -huh. and he wouldn't let me see her like getting into position. Like we just start rolling, and she'd be there. So it felt really, really, really um, real and uh -huh. terrifying. So for that shot, I was so scared. I was like, "Don't make me do this," and. So we got into bed together. I mean, like, you know, they call action and we're laying, I, I'm laying in bed next to her and I just have to get up and act like I'm not, I'm already afraid. Like yeah. the acting part for the acting portion is me rubbing my eyes, acting sleepy and normal. Yeah. The fear is real. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was how we did that. But yeah, she really scared me. She told her to always be in character. Like she had those like um, foggy, you know, like cataract, uh, Lenses contact on. lenses. Yes. Really scared the crap I out of I think that goes, her name was Brenda Cooney. Uh, yes, yeah, her name was Brenda. Brenda yeah. Cooney. Now, um, you're in the movie, your character is very fascinated by the concept of spirits. Uh, you're not a skeptic at all like you are in real life. So did you have any fun uh, walking around with that ghost capturing equipment? Did you do any actual ghost investigations when you were not shooting or were you too afraid of the evidence you might capture? I, I, A, was 
really excited to do pretend ghosting and, you know, felt like I was kind of like a lady ghostbuster. That was really exciting <laughs> for me and really fun to film. And there's some really funny moments there that I really enjoyed. Um, I don't remember, but I doubt that I was doing any real ghost sleuthing because yeah. things were happening. And I've always been the kind of person that's like, don't provoke it. Don't provoke, you know, yeah. any t I've, anytime I'm afraid, I'm always like, hello, I respect you. Like, I'm just here. I'm, you know, you, I'm not here to like in, impede on your, this is your hotel. Like, yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think I would have gone looking for it because I would have been, I, I've always been like, respect How, the ghost. Exactly. How relatable <laughs> is the character of Claire to yourself? I mean, uh, Claire was kind of a dorkish uh, you remember that scene, celebrity awestruck when that celebrity came in to the hotel. Uh, how yeah. relatable are you to Claire in the, you know, the character in the movie? I think Claire is the closest to myself I've ever played. That's Claire is me. Okay, that's why I asked that question. <laughs> I had a feeling. I had a feeling. Uh, and Claire was adorable. She was great. Uh, there was a funny scene when Claire had to throw the trash and struggles as she juggles between keeping the trash can open and swinging the trash into it. Uh, has that ever really happened to you in real life? Uh, that was all real. None of that was scripted. That was just the, the, the scene just said, Claire takes the trash out and like, it's kind of heavy or something. <laughs> like Ty was like, okay, like here's the garbage. We're gonna put some liquid in it so it's leaking. Um, just take it all the way, throw it in the trash can. I was like, okay, and then that's what happened. And he was like, "We're good. We don't need to do another one. That's the one." <laughs> Is it true that that whole movie was shot in seventeen days? Yeah, yeah, it was. Wow. Is that your shortest, uh, you know, full feature film? No, actually, um, we shot um, the movie Cheap Thrills that I was in also with Pat Healy and David Koechner. We shot that in 14 days. I mean, what do you think about this? Because I'm seeing a pattern here where when it comes to especially to paranormal horror movies, A, you don't really need a big budget and mm -hmm. it can be shot relatively quickly. Uh, now, I would not call the innkeepers low budget. I mean, it's mm -hmm. medium budget, good budget. Uh, yeah. How were you guys able to wrap that whole thing up in 17 days? I really don't know. I, I, I'll tell you, like, it wasn't the shortest shoot that I've ever done, but it was the most efficient. I mean, I've never worked on a movie before where we don't go over several hours doing 14-hour days. Everyone's exhausted. We finished early every day. And then, you know, we were living in the hotel as we were shooting it. So it was like camp. Yeah. So going to work every day was just like a PA would knock on my door and be like, yeah. hey, you ready? And I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, <laughs> can I get some coffee? Thanks. And then I'd like put on, I wore one outfit the whole movie. <clears throat> I'd like put on my little kids and then like walk down and we'd start shooting. And then we'd finish and we were all friends. Everybody was like young and fun and we're all living in this hotel. And we would all just like drink beer on the porch and be like, yeah, that was a good day. That was a really good day. Um, so... Uh, sorry, I was rambling. What was no, your original question? No, no, no. If basically, how were you guys able to do it in 17 oh, days? I don't know. I think a lot of it is Ty. I mean, Ty is really one of the best directors that I've ever worked with. Um, he knows exactly what he wants. He's not one of these directors that you get on set and they're like, well, I don't know. What do you think? Like, should we try that? Or like, maybe move the camera over here. He already has it in his head. He's like, camera's here. You're wearing that we're doing this, you're walking here, go. And I think, and his crew, he's worked with multiple times. So I think it was just like a well-oiled machine that I was kind of, you know, plopped into, which was great. I mean, it was, it was amazing. That's awesome. Let me get to a viewer question because I don't want to okay. leave them out. Uh, this is sure. in relation to Aquamarine. Gabby Zamodio on Instagram wants to know, is there a possibility of an Aquamarine sequel or reboot? Ooh, mate. I mean, not that I know of, but I certainly wouldn't be opposed to it. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I mean, I'm a little old now, but <laughs> if they don't mind seeing me old in the in the fin, then I'm down. <laughs> I mean, you were very 
popular in as you were growing up. You've appeared in Wizards of Waverly Place. The reason why I know of Wizards of Waverly Place is because I have three kids, and oh. <laughs> they're teens now, but they grew up, and you have a, you appeared in a lot of those kind of stuff and became very popular uh, yeah. with them, and that carried over in as you got into as you got older and got into more serious films, did you get any kind of negative pushback when you stopped doing the cutesy kids films and went and did Last House on the Left? And you're like, whoa, Sarah. Did anybody say, whoa, Sarah, what are you doing here? No, not that I remember. Um, I don't think so. I think I'm I'm really lucky that I haven't had any sort of, I mean, I I'm not like a celebrity or anything, so it makes sense that, I would. I didn't have any sort of like complaints or pushback about. It. I mean, people say to me, you know, like I don't like that movie, and I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> Sarah, people... Sarah, Sarah, you are a celebrity. Have you looked at your <laughs> IMDb resume? <laughs> if you're not a celebrity, then I don't know who is. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, thank you. Well, I've I've been really fortunate that if you know, I, I have my fans have been super kind and have gone with the flow with me wherever I've gone. So well, and it, oh, there on. are different types of fans too. You know, the yeah. horror community is, is different. Well I think it's awesome because you hear a lot of stories of young kid act, young child actors who do do shows like Wizards of Waverly Place. And then once they become adults, well, they don't get they can't get any work because they have been pigeonholed. They've been put in that box that they yeah. can never escape from once they become older. So Whatever you did, it worked, and you got some awesome roles as your Thank career you. progressed. Uh, going back to the innkeepers, you, you you were so great in it. A lot of your um, communication with like Luke was done mm -hmm. through like facial expressions. Like when you first made contact with uh, Madeline in the basement, and you came up and just by the facial expression that you gave Luke, it terrified him. How do yeah. you, uh, how do you do that? How, how do you, can, how do, what's your method of portraying uh, emotions and feelings without using words? I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Pat and I formed real chemistry. I mean, I, I really, I feel like that's a theme for me. I've been lucky enough that that's a theme for me in my career is that I, I like to form real chemistry with people I'm working against because you're jumping steps ahead, you know, to have yeah. to fake that and build and build that, you know, is, is really hard and, you know, it can be done, but Pat and I became really close and so close that we did another movie together. I mean, I love Pat. I, mm -hmm. First of all, I think he's, Pat's an amazing actor. I mean, in everything that he does, he's, I think he's um, brilliant. And we became really close friends. It kind of felt like, you know, when you're close with your friends, you kind of don't need words. They yeah. know you, they get you. A little like look can say like, let's get out of here. Or, you know, like, I don't mean, whatever. Um, and, and we, we kind of ended up having that. So I just got lucky really that he was a really cool guy. Did you first meet when you both got on the set? Is that the first time you ever met him? Yeah, that was the first time we ever met. Well, that's great that you guys bonded so quickly. Uh, yeah. Premise and you know, all that paranormal spooky stuff comes out when nobody's around, of course, right? In paranormal movies, stuff always happens when you're alone. What was it like for you to shoot yeah. those scenes by yourself uh with no one there to play off of uh i mean mm. like the bed scene and all that other stuff that happened while it was just you alone it was not you and luke you know the character of luke yeah well probably i was very afraid mm. um, <laughs> i mean i'm trying to think of the scenes that happen when i'm alone i mean yeah we you know it, sitting up in bed with madeline in the bed with me you know, that that was very scary. There's another scene I find her hanging in the hotel room. Mm -hmm. Again, the, the way that Ty worked that whole thing was so that we didn't rehearse. Like, so I, so my reaction, I didn't know that she was going to be hanging like that. Like, everything was, was real. Um, me experiencing it and seeing it, like, for the first time. 
And then I think there's another scene where I'm alone and I find the old man in the bed in the tub filled with blood. Like I hadn't seen him. Oh, that was so scary. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was just really scary. I yeah. mean, I'm alone in that basement. I'm in this real old basement. It's so they didn't meet normally when you do a thing like this in a basement and it's scary. The set deck comes around, they add fake cobwebs and like fake dust, and you kind of know it's fake. This was real. This was real cobwebs, real dust, this real basement, and this real man, like naked, covered in blood, like staring at me, like reaching his hand. It was really scary. It it totally sounds like Ty, and I mean, he knows exactly how to bring out the best in you. And I think think that's very important. Not just between you two, but between any director and actor. Uh, when how did you feel that? Well, basically, your character dies in uh, in the movie. When you read that, uh, did you like that ending? Watching it on screen, did you like? Oh yeah, this was perfect. This is the right way to end this. Or would you have preferred it differently? No, I like it the way it is. I like I like the movie because it it adds to the mystery of like, was it real or did she just go crazy? Did she mm-hmm. like have a, uh, have a heart attack because she was so freaked out about what, what, what happened? Um, so I think it was perfect. That's, now, did you have to, your hair was short back then. Did you have to cut it for the movie or was it short anyways? No, I had actually cut my hair off <laughs> and I had a lunch meeting with Ty because actually I think he wanted Brie Larson to play the role. Um, Yes. And she couldn't do it. I think it was a schedule thing. Mm -hmm. And so he had lunch meetings with actresses and I was one of them. And I, you know, really wanted to meet with him and my hair was, was short and um, I was growing it out because I had it like very short. And I remember I was running late to the meeting. I was mortified that I was running late, but like my dog had an emergency. And so I had to like take the dog with me to the meeting. And it was like, I was driving like a mad woman to this lunch spot and the dog threw up all over me. And I'm wearing like this old, like ratty sweater from like a flea market because I couldn't change in time with the dog. And I run into the restaurant. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. My dog barfed all over me. And like, I, I walk, I barf all over me. And I, I think he thought it was funny. I think he liked it. So <laughs> I think he was like, who is this weirdo with dog bark from like weird hair? Like she's like a Muppet. And so I guess that got me the job. It worked out in the end. All right. Let's yeah. uh, talk about shark night. Okay. okay. Now, um, going into a different thing now, uh, by the way, I hear you're a really good swimmer in real life. Is that, <laughs> is that accurate? I think I am a pretty good swimmer. I mean, I keep getting hired for swimming jobs. You I know? know, I know. So, uh, so the shark shark night actually officially titled Shark Night 3D. Uh, what was the hardest part about filming and acting in the the shark attack scenes, especially mm-hmm. the climactic scene where you're in the cage underwater, drowning? How did they? I've always wondered when they're doing like marine type scenes, cages underwater. How is that actually shot? Is it in a pool? Uh, walk us through how that's yeah. actually done. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot. It's really intense. So basically we all got to, we, we filmed it in Louisiana, the, the cast, we all get there and immediately we all have a training with um, the Navy SEALs. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yes. And they were all, the, the SEALs were also the onset water stunt safety crew so they were with us the whole time and they taught us how to scuba dive basically they taught us how to clear the i forget what it's called that was so many years ago but the breathing apparatus Mm -hmm. um taught us how to not go up quickly get the bends everything so the underwater scenes we shot in a giant tank and the cameras were underwater and the camera crew was all in scuba gear and um, I'm in the cage and because the cage was a real cage and it couldn't be to, to take me out of the water, every single shot in between shots would take way too much time. Mm-hmm. So I basically had to sit underwater with my eyes closed for like 40 minutes at a time. And, um, and my guy, my, my Navy SEAL stunt guy would just come in and out and pass me the breathing tube. And, um, 
they communicated with underwater whiteboards. They'd write messages. They'd be like, Sarah, a little to the left. And then I kind of like float to the left a little bit. And they'd go, inhale, three, two, one, action. And then I'd do a little bit of action. And then I'd give a hand signal that I was running out of air. And they'd swoop in with the, with the breathing tube. So, I mean, it was really hard. It was very easy to get claustrophobic and panic. You know, like you yeah. really have to go into this meditative state. Because if you panic, you die. You drown. Is this, um, is this your first uh, movie experience where you had to deal with, with some really heavy CGI being the shark and so on? Well, the shark <laughs> was real. <laughs> the shark was not CGI. It was um, a mechanic. No, it was a oh, mechanical okay. shark. Oh, because that, I thought you said it. I mean, I... <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, my gosh. No. Yeah, it was a real great <clears throat> white. We flew. Um, I mean, that would have been. That would have been freaky. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been real, real fear. Um, but it was really scary because it was this anatomically correct, gigantic, animatronic great white with real shark's teeth in it. Wow. That was thrashing like crazy. So if I, it's like this close to me. They were like, don't move. And I was like, I'm floating, which I can't really control. And they were like, if you move even, a, if it, it could really like rip your jugular out. Wow. You know? So I had to be close, but like, and I can't see, I'm like blind because I'm uh -huh. not wearing goggles. And actually one day I was underwater for so long with my eyes closed, I went temporarily blind. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And wow. I, I couldn't see anything. And they were like, go home, sleep it off. Your eyes regenerate and you'll be fine in the morning. And I was, but that was pretty scary. Oh, wow. I, I thought it was all CGI. That's that's a revelation to me. Now, uh, is there, I mean, just sticking with that for a second, wouldn't it, I mean, why mechanic? Wouldn't it have been cheaper to use CGI? Do you have any idea as to why they went with the mechanical one? Is it to get a more authentic reaction from the actors? I think that, well, I think I do think that some parts were CGI, but for the most part, it was the mechanical shark, at least for all the close-ups with me in the cage. That was, that was that fake shark. I think it was because it looks more real. I don't really, I don't know, to be honest with you, but I would imagine it's because CGI is cool and I, you know, I, I like it, but you know, it's CGI. It's not, yeah, it's not, yeah. I mean, I we have all seen some pretty bad CGI work out there. Yeah. And we've all seen some great CGI work out there. Totally. So, so it totally makes sense. Now, uh, you're one of the last two remaining survivors. Um, what is the take, your take on the ending being sort of left open the way it was with Sarah and Nick on the dock, but then the shoot focuses on a spot of the water where a shark jumps out you guys are not in that frame how how do you consider the movie ending um you know should have there been any survivors uh, how do you feel about the ending of shark night hmm i mean i didn't really think about the i mean i, I like that i survived i guess <laughs> but um i guess to last me, girl standing it, yeah <laughs> i guess to me it makes it seem like there could have been a sequel, you know, like two survivors. We see the shark at the end, like it's not over kind of yeah. thing. Um, so I was cool with that. I mean, I would have been excited to go do another one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what has been your experience with seeing diversity develop throughout the entire industry, especially over the last 10 years, um, especially in contrast to the cast that was in Shark Night, where the only black and Latina characters are the first victims. Yeah. That's so true. I didn't yeah. even, you know, what's interesting is I didn't even really think about it at the time, which it says a lot about how much, me. And, how uh, much has changed in such a short amount of time? How much has changed in such a short amount of time? I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's only a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I you totally, know. totally agree. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> my producer just sent me a question. Sorry for the distraction. He wants to know, <laughs> what final girl role would you have loved to play? In all the movies that you have seen from when you were a little girl, horror movies, uh, you said your first horror movie was Poltergeist. What last girl standing or last character standing would you have loved to be in? Oh my gosh, that's a hard question because so many things pop into my mind. Okay, I 
I'm <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think there's a final girl, but it would have been awesome if there was. And I was she in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I love that movie. That is awesome. <laughs> and then the Jessica, I'm trying to think of if I'm correct in the remake with Jessica Bail. I think mm-hmm. the movie ends with her still being alive. Okay. If well I'm then, remembering correctly. I wish I was I wish I was her then. And you know what also popped into my mind? It's not the kind it's not like a final girl kind of movie, but I rewatched Rosemary's Baby, which I love oh, uh, me too. so much. Oh my gosh. But um it's interesting because I think it's so creepy at the end how they how they don't kill her, you know? Mm-hmm. Like she's I mean, sorry, spoiler alert. No, it's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it's like she's, well, yeah, well she's the mother. I yeah. know, and then how she becomes like she decides to join them mm-hmm. kind of, you know? Like it ends with her like rocking the cradle, like she decides to sort of love the devil spawn baby. So she's kind of like a final girl too because the whole movie's like they're after me, they're after me and then she she decides to stick with it and like love this devil spawn baby and like i mean who wouldn't want to be yeah yeah the mother of the antichrist (laughs) (laughs) uh would you say shark knight was your most physically intense film it's definitely up there i mean last house on the left was very physically intense too Mm -hmm. i mean every day was running tripping you know going full throttle i mean there were days when me and the other cast, we'd be so exhausted on our lunch break, we would take out, you know, like when, we, when you do like stunt falls and stuff, they have these like gymnastics mats that they that you yeah. fall on. We would each grab a gymnastics mat and like take a nap. Like we were so, <laughs> and the swimming, oh my God, the swimming was yeah. so tiring. Um, I, but when we got there, we got there like a month early for rehearsal and they put me through like this swim training every day. So I had to get up at like, you know, 4 a.m. every day, do my swim training for like an hour and a half, then go to set and like do rehearsals and like hair and makeup tests and stuff. And so, but the same with Aquamarine. I did a ton of swim training for that too. So, but it's fun. It's, you know, it's all good. It's exciting. It's an adventure. Absolutely. Now, uh, up to this point in your career, what would you say has been your biggest break? Would you say it was Last House on the Left, Aquamarine? Where would you say that you started getting a lot more jobs after a particular project? Which project would that be? I think Aquamarine. Yeah. I think that definitely changed a lot for me. And uh, when they were casting you for House on the Left, uh, because it was your first, did, you know, when... When you were auditioning, did you hear of them having any reservations about Last House on the Left being your first jump into the horror genre? Or did they have no issue with it whatsoever? You know, this girl who's, you know, up to this point has played cutesy, you know, PG-rated films. And Mm -hmm. to put her into this really intense, dark film, did you hear any kind of talk of them having any kind of hesitation? I, if I did, I don't remember, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it wouldn't shock me at all if they were. I was shocked. I didn't think I was going to get the part. I was yeah. like, I'm going to go in and do my best because that's all I can do. But um, I remember they brought me back in to read with the director, and we didn't even read any of the super intense material. I was like, how does this guy know that I can do it? Like, what if I can't do it? Um so I really, I have to, you know, I'm I, so I, thankful that I, he I've, took a chance on me. Yeah, I've heard a lot of them say it's a lot of them is gut, uh, gut feelings and reaction. And let me tell you, their gut was 100% spot on. Do you have any preference between film or television? No, I love doing both, especially now because I feel like when I first started, there was such a like you know, a stigma between you're, you're a television person or you're a film person and doing film is better. And now I don't think that exists at all. I mean, some of the best, most amazing, you know, things that I've seen have been television series. Absolutely. You know, like, like, like we were talking about breaking bad. Like, um, so I, I, I love doing both. I don't care what I'm doing as long as it's a really 
fun, interesting character that I can play. That's something that maybe I haven't done before. That's and that's awesome because we're almost out of time, and I want to make this the final question. It's a good question. Okay. 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 If you had an option, okay, uh, from this day forward, where like Aaron got a job like Breaking Bad, which propelled him to I don't even know how many Emmy nominations. Emmys he's actually won um, and cemented your, I guess for you, it would make you a celebrity because apparently you don't believe you're a celebrity at this point. (laughs) Or would you just want to have that really breakout film where you just start getting great film after great film after great film? Which road would you, if you had to pick, go through like what Aaron did and get a Breaking Mm -hmm. Bad role or get the movie that just makes you like a really hot item in Hollywood for movie after movie. I mean, first of all, like Sophie's choice, like they both sound amazing. Um, <laughs> I know that's why it's such a hard decision. And I, yeah. I wanted to see if you had to pick one, which way would you go? Hmm. Well, if the show was breaking bad, I would go Breaking Bad just because that is my number one all-time favorite show of all time. I mean, as an actor, to be able to work with that caliber of material, that writing, I mean, oh, what what a dream. Especially the way each character, you know, Walter and Jesse, their arc they take throughout mm-hmm. all the seasons, you know. They grow and they change and get to do so many new different things. I mean, that's just like, the, sounds like the most exciting thing ever to me. Mm-hmm. Um so if it was like that, then I would go that route. Are you happy that uh, when it was all said and done with, uh, at least for now, I don't, I don't know if you've seen the movie with Aaron, uh, El Camino, which is an extension of Breaking Bad, as to I what happened. I haven't seen it yet. You haven't, haven't seen it? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, How have I not seen it yet? Oh, yeah. Well, you get to find out what happens with Jesse. But uh, are you happy that Jesse's character, when it was all said and done with, survived? Yeah, I mean, I, I I was as content as, you know, you're never going to be 100% satisfied because if you love shows like that, you fall in love with them. You fall in love with the characters. You never want it to end. Mm-hmm. And, but it does, you know, of course it does. And I think they wrapped it up. Beautiful. Per- beautifully. I think beautifully. It's, I think it's perfect. And I think it really makes sense for the entire entirety of the show. It makes sense to me okay well we're out of time and i have to recommend if you're uh, you are a huge breaking bad fan you got to watch el camino it is you're right it, i i will it, it's breaking <laughs> bad it's just it shows what happens to jesse after he breaks through sarah you've been amazing i can't believe how fast this hour has just passed by it's been Same. An, it's been an absolute delight talking to you thank you so much for agreeing to come on our show. I've learned so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And yeah, the time has just flown by and it's been really, really fun. So thank you so much for having me. I wish you nothing but success. And I'm sure you have a lot more projects, films, TV, that we're going to see you on the screen uh, for a long time to come. So thank you. thank you. Thank you to our viewers for tuning in. Thank you for your questions. Uh, Thank you to Sarah again. Everyone stay safe. And until next time, stay walking, guys. Good night. Bye. Thank you. Bye.